Welcome to the Bullish Drive Podcast, where we explore the realms of faith, mental performance, and personal testimonies through conversations with high-level performers. Join us as we extract valuable insights from their experiences to supercharge your pursuit of peak performance. This is the Bullish Drive Podcast. What's up, fam, and welcome to another episode of the Bullish Drive Podcast, where we peel back the layers of how high-level individuals you look up to manage their mental performance skills. I'm your host, James Dreesen, your mental performance coach, and today we're about to dive into the heart of virtual reality esports, guided by none other than the professional VR gamer extraordinaire, Venom. I have a long history of competitive gaming. From the days on the couch with my brother to my diamond ranked levels in StarCraft II, the diamond days of Overwatch, and ranking in the top 5% in Call of Duty Mobile, I love me some good competitive gaming. And during the pandemic, I tried my hand at competitive virtual reality esports. Now I'm a weekend warrior at heart, and coming off of my rugby days, VR seemed to be a smooth transition. And before we strap on our VR headsets and dive into this immersive world of Venom's gaming expertise, let's take a moment to trace the evolution of virtual reality gaming. And really, the very first conceptualization of a virtual experience started in the 50s, where Morton High League combined vibrations, scents, sound, and visuals to add another dimension to the entertainment experience. It then moved to the first head-mounted display in the 60s, add the infamous Nintendo Power Glove in the 80s and a spattering of commercial failures throughout the 90s. It wasn't until the research, military, and even psychology began to implement virtual reality platforms in the 2000s. For the military, VR allowed trainees to experience war scenarios without the danger of injury, no longer needing live ammunition or the cost of expensive machinery. The level of realism they could now utilize in a VR format could now meet the training needs of future soldiers. Now, my experience in the early days of VR involved psychology and specifically trauma-focused therapy. Major piece being exposure therapy, which is when trauma triggers are slowly introduced to an individual in a controlled format to build distress tolerance and coping skills. And I witnessed and helped clients overcome fears of height, fears of spiders, and maybe the seed that sprouted into the bullish drive agency today, performance anxiety, all through the lens of virtual reality. And finally, the greatest breakthrough in the Oculus Quest format, a wireless, portable, consumer-friendly VR platform in 2019. From its inception, where it seemed like a distant dream, to the present day where the MetaQuest 3 and other VR platforms have turned that dream into a tangible reality, virtual reality gaming has come a long way, breaking through the boundaries of traditional gaming and offering an experience that goes beyond the confines of a screen. As we explore the landscape of VR sports, we'll be delving into the unique lifestyle of professional gamers like Venom. It's not just a pastime or a hobby, it's a way of life, and not in a cliche type of way. That extends beyond the digital realms. The three-dimensional, immersive nature of VR competition sets it apart, requiring a level of physicality and strategic thinking that challenges even the most seasoned esports athletes. One of the key aspects we'll be unraveling today is the demanding practice schedules and gaming routines that professionals like Venom have to adhere to. How does one balance the intense training required for VR esports while avoiding the pitfalls of burnout? What sacrifices are made to stay at the pinnacle of gaming excellence? And let's not forget the community that forms the backbone of the VR esports world. The camaraderie, competition, and shared passion for virtual reality gaming create a vibrant ecosystem that fuels the industry. We'll be diving into the heart of this community, exploring the bonds forged in the digital arena and the unique dynamics that make it a truly special space for gamers. 
Now when Proverbs 27:17 reminds us that iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another, the idea of toxic teammates require an urgent fix at the levels of professional competition. And in my experience of VR competition, I was able to see the entire wholesomeness of its community at higher levels. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 tells us, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. This idea is how I first met Venom, and yes, it was 100% in the VR world. While playing on a high-ranked team, the coaches had hired him to come and give a VR workshop in our sport. Players like Venom exemplify the relationship Michael Jordan had with Kobe, a mentor-mentee mindset truly set to build the community and build up others. And with that, I am excited to introduce professional VR esports competitor, Venom. Welcome to the Bullish Drive podcast. For those who don't know, I was an esports player. I competed on a little team in a VR game called Echo VR, uh, called Disc Located was my team. Um, and we were working our way up the gold, but at the very top, the very top was this little team called King Gorillas. And there is a dude on there named Venom. Chat about uh, how you got into esports and kind of what you're doing now and what you've done in the past. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Venom. I, uh, I basically got into esports back in 2017 uh, when I first found Echo VR. Um, started playing that for a while, got kind of good at it, and eventually started like you know creating my own teams and really getting into the comp side of stuff. And you know from then it was all about you know training myself, training other players, just trying to really grow the sport and the game itself. And, uh, you know, we, we made it really far. Uh, unfortunately, some other, you know, things, you know, made it take a downturn, but uh, I'm very optimistic for, for the future of VR esports. Yeah, yeah. And v, VR is such a different uh, vibe, I feel like, than other esports out there. Um, we just had a, an NBA 2K player um, mm -hmm. on the show, and we were just chatting a little bit about that. But well, talk a little bit about the physical side of a vr game versus you know some of those couch games not saying couch games are bad i love the couch games but there's just another physical aspect to vr oh yeah so and i don't mean to ever discount anything from from uh, you know the, the couch esports players or anything like that but this is uh, you know on a whole different level there's an entire new dimension to the game mm -hmm. when you actually include your entire body rather than just your thumbs uh <laughs> so it's it's um much different you actually do you know physically get engaged you break a sweat like it's it's an actual sport compared to like i used to play soccer growing up and yeah. uh you know it's you're not necessarily getting the same conditioning as that but you are you know getting a workout in when you play these games yeah 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 and and speaking of like just the physical games and we're moving into like the esports the e because that's what we cover too here on the show um talk about kind of mental uh capacity and need the mental wear that happens as an esports player uh, competing at the level that you guys were competing at. Sure. And, um, you know, I think there are definitely some similarities with the other, you know, side of esports as well as, you know, you have to be focused long term. This isn't something that, uh, you know, you can just jump into, you know, be relaxed, be cool and, and, and not have to stress at all because it is absolutely there, especially when you're playing at the top of the game, uh, you know, and it's it's one thing to, to get in there and, uh, you know, play your best and everything, but you do actually have to mentally prepare before the game even mm. starts. And I'm sure that that is with, uh, you know, other games as well. Like it, it all, it, it comes down to your, uh, you know, getting in there, um, getting your practice shots in, everything like that before the game starts. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm definitely going to have to like clip some of, uh, some of the videos on echo. Cause I don't know how many people are 
are familiar with with the game that's outside of esports, right? Like, so Echo VR is a mix of what would you say, like almost like hockey, basketball, and ultimate frisbee. Yeah, and anti gravity. Yeah. I think you hit yeah, you hit it right on the head there. It's that's all of those, and then uh, yeah, in in VR you got your hand controls, so it's an actual you know every movement that you make is actually transferred into the game. It's mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah, what's what's the culture like on an esports team? Because uh, because some other games they won't even meet their teammates until game day because you know you can do this remotely, right? Or were you pretty involved with your teammates uh, throughout practices and everything else? Oh yeah, you know we uh, for the multiple different teams that I played on, there were you know very different personalities for each team. Uh, some were very you know hardcore strict on everything. Some were more relaxed, but it, you know it does. It does take practice if you're gonna play at the top level. So we would you know, get in, do scrims three times a week. Um, you know, we'd have two matches that week or something like that. And uh, you know, we'd play as much as we could together because that you build that chemistry over time and eventually that translates well into, uh, you know, scoring goals in the actual arena. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't like, I think something that I was surprised about when I started getting into competitive esports is uh, the commitment to like practicing like you're you're out there practicing on a daily basis with your team almost what what did you do to develop the mental resilience to maintain that demanding schedule as far as competing at that level man it was it, it's tough uh you know it takes a lot of your time out and and i don't know if i could have done it at the same level if i hadn't become like a content creator because mm. uh, just that, that helps keep you involved it helps you keep engaged with like the people that are watching your matches and you get some reward out of that too. Um, but on top of that, you, you do just get the rewarding, the benefits of working with the team and, and the friendships. Like the guys with Wireless Jacks, they're some of the best friends I've ever made in, in life. And I, they're all across the country and, and one's in Canada. Like, you know, we never actually really meet each other aside from the lands, but sure. it's, it's crazy, you know, the kind of uh, relationships that you build through esports. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you expand a little bit on that? Um, just the type of re relationships I know with with my teammates on our Discord, we would have all these other conversations going, right? Like we would have like a Wordle conversation, we'd have like a, a dogs conversation, like what are we eating tonight? Conversation, like it's it's a different culture in an esports team, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like we've got our uh, our nerd out uh, channel within Discord <laughs> where we just like talk about space stuff and all that, you know, just random things, it just, and it's just ways to get to know uh, your teammates outside of the arena, you know, mm. to to actually be able to you know, understand them as a person and not just a figure who you are training with and, uh, you know, working to, you know, in, up in the ranks uh, with that player. So it, it just, it gives them some personality aside from that. Yeah, yeah, and it is tough because in, in Echo, you know, we all have these avatars, right? Like you, you got like these samurais floating around, these dinosaurs floating yeah. around, right? And you're just like, oh, it's it's you today, you know, but then they switch. So there there is a different level, you can't just, say oh i recognize the face right now it's mm -hmm. like the voice is who they are the exactly the, the chats are who you are and and um you you actually got to meet your your teammates mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah i've been a few times yeah yeah how hard was it to to set something up like that is do you feel like that was essential to to meet your teammates in person i think it was very helpful i i think we would have been just fine had we you know never met in person but i think it was just something that was again, rewarding just to be able to meet each other and, yeah. you know, actually be able to have real life conversations and go out and have dinner and drinks and stuff and hang out. 
rather than just, you know, jumping on in your living room and, and uh, you know, meeting for an hour, chatting for a bit and then getting off. So, it, and I don't know, there's a lot that goes into building those lands. Mm. Uh, I honestly, I have no idea how they put them together. It's a <laughs> lot of work, I'm sure, but uh, yeah. they are absolutely, I think, critical when it comes to the esports world. God, that's so good. That's so good. There's because it's a culture, right? You want to develop a team culture. Um, and it sounds like you knew a lot of your teammates as you passed through your different teams. Now, when when I first heard about you and you were playing for Kangorillas, you had already played for um, Jax and you played for Nova. Um, how many of your teammates did you kind of carry through all, your, all the different teams that you played with? So, uh, I mean, every single team that I've played with has been a whole different roster. It wasn't like oh, okay. we carried any, yeah, in, into another team or anything like that. Aside from maybe, no, I don't think anybody from Nova came into Wireless Jacks. That was just an entirely, yeah, I, I just joined into basically, they had a three-man team mm -hmm. uh, built into four. And uh, I joined like at the very end of that season. <laughs> we went into uh, the qualifiers and actually ended up qualifying um, into it. But uh, outside of that, yeah, it was it was a great yeah. team. Moved into Kangorillas and then... Uh, shortly after that was when um, I went with the, the Laser Sharks for a bit, but mm. but yeah, it's been a <laughs> kind of a <laughs> churning through teams for me. <laughs> yeah. Now, is that is was that natural for you to just build those relationships, or was that something you had to kind of develop as you uh, grew as an esports player? Yeah. No, you absolutely have to develop those skills as well. Like you can't just go in and and you know run pubs and you know play in privates without you know, meeting and, and actually um, sort of networking with, with players mm -hmm. in the uh, in the game. So that if you want to play at some of those top levels, they have to get to know you. They don't just see what you do in the arena. They have to see who you are as a, as a person as well. And I think that helps um, yeah. when you're trying to, you know, join a team. Sure, sure. And that, that networking piece can be hard when you're just playing pubs all the time. And I feel like sometimes in the digital world, you know, it's polarized. You'll get those who are super clicky, that don't want you to join any of their teams and then you get the other ones that are just so willing to give kind of like yourself where you're just out there building up players um what what would a player need to do to find you know venoms out there that, that are willing to build uh, and put in, pour into them man it was it's pretty tough I, I think honestly the best way to go about it is to you know keep an eye out on like youtube uh, the discords um, being involved on discord is i think critical for anything uh esports related because that's where you're going to find you know your training sessions um different uh scrims uh, that you can join stuff like that uh so i i think between discord um i use facebook a little bit for like the groups and stuff but mm -hmm. yeah it was mostly between youtube youtube and discord probably gonna be your best bet yeah yeah and let's let's talk a little bit about discord there's kind of a stigma um so i, I work with a couple uh, younger athletes um, in in our agency, and and you know we have these conversations with parents about online safety and stuff like that. Can you um, shed some light onto what exactly Discord is uh, for parents' knowledge that might be listening to this, and what kind of uh, what kind of safeguards are in place uh, to keep keep younger players protected? Oh man, so you might be asking <laughs> Sorry, a loaded question. question. <laughs> I'm no, I'm no Discord expert by any means, but basically, it's a uh, an app that has um, basically multiple different servers that are all usually like-minded people in, in one location. They have different channels in there where um, they'll have like a general chat, um, you know, a scrim server or a scrim finder, things like that. And generally, they're all moderated by um, you know adults or at least somebody who has you know a right 
head on their shoulders that they're going to keep <laughs> things from, you know, getting out of control. So, uh, you know, it's a great place for them to, you know, get in and, and meet people, uh, who will be able to help them out and, and build those relationships in the future for, you know, their esports careers. Yeah. And it's, it's fairly anonymous, right? Like you can yeah. make up any avatar you want. Sure. Yeah. You don't need to go by your full name or your real name. I go by Venom on there. So it's, mm -hmm. yeah, no, no big yeah. deal that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's a great way to, like you said, network and, and meet people. That's how I originally connected with you mm -hmm. was on discord. Right. Um, right. and yeah. And so, um, it is a great place to find good people looking to pour into others. And do you, do you have to be invited to these servers or are these servers open for anybody to join? Uh, it depends. Um, there are some public servers like the echo game server that originally, you know, started for the game. Uh, it's public. Anybody can join it. We have specific servers, uh, like the the player development server that we had for Echo, it was invite only. Um, it was very strict, but there were reasons for that. We wanted to make sure that the culture in there was the right culture, mm -hmm. uh, that the players weren't causing you know a lot of chaos, that they were playing by the rules, and uh, you know just putting on a good um, you know form for for the game. So that's kind yeah. of the goal with that server. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, when I was in Dislocated, then I went and started Floppy Disks, uh, not as successful as Dislocated, but still a fun server. Had <laughs> definitely had my fair share of having to boot people from the server. Yeah. So like we do, we try to keep it safe um, and everything like that. So parents, there you go. There's your lowdown <laughs> of what <laughs> yeah. Discord is. When you talk to your kids, you know what it is now. Anyway, back to Venoms, like just just esports gaming. Um, let's let's kind of dive into like challenges and setbacks as an esports gamer. What are some of the biggest um, kind of challenges you've run into uh, as competing at at the level you are competing? Yeah. So for me, a lot of it was time. Uh, you know, as you get older and you have to start working up, you know, an eight-hour job. Uh, you know, you're you're doing a lot of adulting basically and it's, it's taking you away from time that you would rather be spending training you know meeting with those other players and, and working with a team so that that was a challenge that you know it, you just have to find ways to make time whether that be you know getting up early uh, before school or work and you know getting those practice shots in um, you know doing stuff like that uh, I mean there's so many different ways to uh to really go go about it but that, that would probably be my my main one <laughs> yeah how did you motivate yourself um to get onto a schedule where you had to wake up early and do those things and just be consistent with your practice what was kind of your mental uh setup to be able to do that yeah i, I think what it came down to was uh, you know because i'm a content creator i'm constantly watching my own footage uh, and, and seeing a lot of mistakes that I make and it's like, okay, I need to find ways to improve on that. Uh, let's make a plan. And mm. I, I think planning is critical for anything that you want to do. It's, it's not something you just show up and you, and you, you do it. Uh, cause that's very hard to keep long-term yeah. when you create a plan and, and things like that, it, it makes it much easier. So, you know, being like, okay, uh, I work at eight, I got to get up at 6am. I'm going to do, you know, 30 minutes of, of shooting practice. And then I'm going to play three pubs and then, um, you know, scrims aren't usually going that early because it's, uh, you know, it's a gamer's world. So everybody's a late night flare. But, um, yep. but yeah, so you get in what you can before and then after work, you come in and you do it all over again. So, right. Uh, it's all about that drive, though. You're yeah. Right. And you're excited to do that every single day. It was always fun, right? Oh, I mean, there were some <laughs> moments, but yeah, it yeah. Was, I never I don't regret it at all. It was a blast. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> and you know, I bring that up. Um, kind of humorously because I just remember there were some of those practices, you know, after, after parenting, you know, mm -hmm. after 
doing your work like you said going to work and coming home like there's some practices where like man i could just say my internet connection sucked today or like you know my headset ran out of battery or something what have you you know what pushed you through those days where you're just exhausted that what what got you into those practices uh teammates you have people reliant on you and that's that is one of the biggest things um for me is just I know if I don't go there, they're gonna to have to find a sub who knows none of our plays, mm. and the, the entire scrim will fall apart. And so uh, it just it, it gives you or it keeps you engaged with the team, and it keeps you um, you know true to yourself as far as like just showing up and 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 making the effort to go through with things. So yeah, oh, man, yeah, that that's so good. Teammates not showing up is a team killer. It's it terrible, especially on game day. I, I don't know at your like where you guys are competing at, but there are some days where uh, we would show up for games and like half of our team was missing or they were late. And in competition for esports, there is a strict like time frame. Like if you can't produce a team, like you forfeit. Right? Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, did you ever feel responsibility for your other teammates to come uh, and play? And when they didn't show up, how did you manage the team kind of response to that? Like the anger side or anything like that? How do you manage those feelings? Yeah, you know, it's, it's something, I'm not somebody who gets angry quickly. I, I try to, you know, under, be understanding and things like that. And I, I was only the captain of a couple of those teams, but for the most part, it was just like, you know, okay, something happened. It's all right, we'll move on. It happens again. Okay, maybe I'll start sending out reminders. Hey, practice in mm -hmm. 30 minutes, make sure we're there. Uh, if you can't be there, let me know. We'll find a, a sub for you, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, if, if you're just no showing on scrims, it's, it's <laughs> very hard for a team to, to continue working with you. So, yeah. uh, if, if that's something you might end up losing your team at that point. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, 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 that self-awareness piece, right. It's especially in a gamer's world, you know, sometimes it's hard for, uh, just to be accountable for that stuff. You know, mm -hmm. it's easy to put it aside, uh, because you're an avatar, right? People yeah. don't know your face, you know? Um, unless you meet them, you know, like, like you did, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, um, you mentioned, you mentioned something about, uh, just be watching your own video and, mm -hmm. and seeing kind of your own mistakes. How important is that to, uh, just be constantly self-aware of your progress and being accountable for those things? What, what would you say about that stuff and how important it was? Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It makes it tough. Uh, when you're mm. constantly seeing your mistakes like that, it, it just, it's always on your mind. Uh, Cause I know, mm. especially when I'm recording, I'm like, man, I've got to hit this shot and then I miss it. And I'm <laughs> like, well, it's cause I was thinking too hard about it. I want to make a clip or something like that. But I mean, for real, it, it is one of those things where when you're not record or when you're not recording, when you're not a content creator and you're not going back and looking at your own footage, you can move on really easily. You know, you mm. don't have that that memory of, oh man, I just saw myself miss that shot. You can move on. But when you're, you know, constantly going back and looking at that stuff, it's like, okay, yeah, mm -hmm. I have to be training hard. So that doesn't happen again, that kind of stuff. Right. Right. And in game, how, what, what did you do uh, mentally to kind of turn the page and move past some of those mistakes? Cause I, I, I remember competition where we'd be playing and our teammate would miss an open shot. And then oh, yeah. they would just bust down like right there. They'd be like, oh, uh -huh. my gosh, you see them drop their head, you know, because uh -huh. in VR, you actually see heads like drop, you know, Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get frustrated. So so <laughs> what, what were some of your mental uh, plays, if you were, um, to respond to those moments where maybe you had a failed shot or bad pass or something like that? Yeah, I, I, um, I think it's repetition. Uh, you look mm -hmm. at a lot of um, 
I mean, other sports, soccer, basketball, if there's a player that misses a, a specific shot, they'll mm. go and they'll take 20 of them, uh, you know, after mm. after the match. They'll go in there and they'll just, until they can hit it constantly. Now, I did that so many times. Um, so, yeah, getting as much repetition as you can for those weak spots that you find, uh, I think is critical for, for building yourself as a player. Yeah, yeah, just getting in, getting in the gym and working mm -hmm. out, right? Exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and I... I like when you get into the game, it seems like, cause I've watched, I've watched your videos, you know, like when, when Venom says he misses a shot, like it's gotta be like one in a million shots because some of those video shots are just, they're half court shots, like past three defenders, you know, it, it's super impressive. <laughs> um, how long does it take you to kind of get into the game mindset and what were your pregame practices to get there? Yeah, it's, um, mm, that's a good question. For me, I like to get on around 30 to 45 minutes early. And again, I, I go in there. It's all practice shooting. I start up close to the goal, mm. you know, right outside the uh, the three-point line. And, uh, you know, I'm basically picking points on the goal and just trying to, you know, keep accuracy. And as I continue to make shots, I move further and further back uh, until I'm, uh, you know, basically taking those half courts for, you know, a solid four or five minutes. Now, mm. uh, you know, how I go in with that is... You know, there's there's some days where I'm just not on. I'm not hitting those half courts. Things just aren't you know flowing right. I think every athlete has that yeah. that happen, uh, and so that'll kind of determine the way that I play that match. If I'm not hitting a lot of those shots, my goal in that that match is probably to more hit my teammates. Uh, you know, aim for those assists rather than trying to go for those longer longer shots because you know uh, a missed shot generally turns into a, a turnover, and that's mm -hmm. that's an opportunity to get scored on. And uh, you know, you just want to avoid those as much as possible. So. Yeah, um, but if I'm on it, I'm taking that shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're on it, and you're on it a lot, you're uh -huh. on it a lot. Um, so you have to be pretty flexible, right? With any with any team sports, because it's always about: Are you playing present? Mm -hmm. Are you being a positive connection with your team and your teammates? Um, now, now is that natural, or is that practice and built on over time? Uh, yeah, I would say it is practiced and built on over time, uh, and it it does take that chemistry and communication with your teammates. Mm. Uh, this this game in particular, it's all about adaptability and being dynamic with you know the uh, your opponents. So if they're doing some specific play that's constantly breaking through your defense, you have to figure out what that is and a way to counter it. And that was one thing I think with wireless jacks, uh, mm. especially they were very good about you know picking out those points and finding ways to break through and and yeah. work around you know our opponents <laughs> um so let's uh what what about the the mental well-being of an esports player um i know in in esports it can it can feel very isolating now you're really good at building some of those uh team chemistry and team connections um but are there other uh mental health aspects to be aware of as someone going into pursuing an esports career yeah i think um you do have to be cautious of burnout. Uh, I, mm. I think a lot of players can feel that, especially when you're in there, you know, hours and hours every single day. Uh, you have to give yourself some time to be outside of the arena, to be, you know, out and about, uh, enjoy real life for a little bit because it you are very isolated, especially in VR. Mm -hmm. You don't, you know, it's not like, you know, mom can walk by and you, you say hi, you, you are engulfed in this headset yeah. and you don't see you know your family for you know those hours that you're in that headset so it's it's um, a little bit different there uh i think than than other traditional esports yeah yeah and there's so many other personalities too mm -hmm. right there's 
there's almost no filter sometimes in video games you know mm -hmm. yeah you have to be cautious about the you know the people that you hang out with and, and yeah. not letting them drain you you know uh, and mm -hmm. that's that's one thing when i was picking out you know players that i would play with on a team uh, i had to make sure that they were they were guys or girls that i would be able to um you know spend those hours with and that weren't would not drain me uh you know as a player and i that i could you know move up and forward with so yeah i think you said something really important there is uh, you got to choose your teammates um yeah. was that uh or i mean a little bit of choosing right? can, <laughs> yeah. can you talk a little bit about that like how how did you decide like this is a group of people i wanted to be with yeah uh and a lot of it comes down to uh like tryouts um setting up tryouts and scrimming with a you know a whole different group of players uh there was uh, certainly a time when i i tried out a couple guys who uh i was on the fence with like i i had known them a little bit and i went in there i didn't want to adjust any of their their play styles i didn't want to say hey don't do this i just wanted to kind of get a feel for who they were and by the end of it i was like yeah this these these guys are not for me um mm -hmm. but other than that like the wireless jacks i got in there they're all great guys we all, all get along just fine it's it's fun you know there's not um you know bad mouthing your opponents or anything like that uh, which, you know, it, it doesn't hurt you necessarily, but it is just mm -hmm. kind of, it's something that you don't necessarily want to be around. Uh, there's not right. bad mouthing your own teammates. Like it's just a good vibe with that whole team. So I think that's something that if you can find it, stick with it. Cause you know, you can build the skills with that team, but mm -hmm. you can't necessarily always, you know, change people's personalities. Right. 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 No, that's good. You really can't control other people. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can control yourself as much as you want to sometimes right. with your words, control somebody else. You said something about tryouts and, and, uh, in my experience, I did a lot of tryouts, right? Um, over and over again, I didn't get picked for a lot of teams and then I got picked for some teams, you know, yeah. um, what, can you speak a little bit on, on your experience with the amount of tryouts people might have to do becoming an esports player, um, and how to motivate yourself to just keep doing the tryouts to keep getting out there yeah um and it's gonna come down to what level or rank of play that you're fit for because uh, when you're early in in the game there's a lot of teams that they'll just take anybody or uh, those typically will cycle three players quite a bit so you might make a team but it might not last very long uh, as you get more into like your platinum diamond level that's where you are going to be trying out a lot and you're not going to be accepted quite a bit but for those that you do make, um, that's where you are looking for like those people that have the good personalities that you want to be with. Because you know a team that's already a diamond level, they're a team that you want to probably stick with and, and build those skills with because they are going to take you up to that that next level. Now master, that's a whole different ball game. That is more. I mean, you obviously have to be skilled. They're going to try you out, but it is a big networking thing and having those personalities that already you know know each other outside of just the arena. So that is where like Discord and and those LAN events and things like that, where you go and meet people, that helps I think to to find ways to get into the teams like that. Yeah, that's interesting. So you do need to have good people skills and talk to people if you want to hit those high high levels. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like because I feel like every single game also has kind of those ranks where you people get stuck in, uh -huh. right? Like, um, I, I what, what was the game? That Blizzard game, StarCraft. StarCraft okay. Two gets stuck in silver, like the the silver grind. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and I, I feel like gold kind of felt like that in Echo VR. That was kind of like the gold grind. Um, yeah. You know, do 
how how do you avoid that or is that just part of the process as you're working up through the ranks so man it's it's tough to say how to how to avoid that other than just being able to acknowledge when maybe that team is just not a good fit for you because uh, mm. you know it, it's you can't just move up to the next division on your own it takes right. a whole team to do that you know so um i think it comes down to just being able to you know on the inside know hey this team isn't quite gonna make it for me uh, it's time to start doing those tryouts and looking out for a team that is, you know, in that upper gold, right on that fringe. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they've got an opening for a player that, that fits like your position, maybe you'll be the one that takes them up to platinum diamond. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love your, your focus on team and developing team, you know? Um, cause yeah, like I said, it can, it can feel lonely sometimes. So there's so much importance in getting into that. So um we are rounding uh 30 minute mark uh i had two more questions for you and you you can spend as much time as you want on either one but the first one is um what was the hardest thing for venom to overcome as a competitive esports player oh man it's uh i think (laughs) no it's it's okay I, i think when um you've built sort of a following uh it does make it a little bit difficult when you have eyes on mm. you more than your typical player uh it's good because when you go back and you start watching those um you know matches and you make a mistake and you all of a sudden you see chat say oh what the heck how did he miss that stuff like that you know um that's not normal venom um you know it, it doesn't seem like much but it can it can take a toll on you so uh finding ways to just move on um mm-hmm. you know are, are are good for for me i think uh that helped but uh, other than that, I think also on the other side of having eyes on you, it's having those eyes that are learning from you and are trying to take your skills and better themselves. Um, I've trained a lot of kids in this game, and it's it's really rewarding to see, you know, what what they started with and what mm. they've become towards you know the the end of the lifespan of the game. It's it's really crazy, uh, you know, what's what's all come out of it. Yeah, no, that's great. And you you actually answered the second question: is what advice would you give to? And aspiring oh. esports players so <laughs> um but yeah man I, I appreciate your time i appreciate you hopping on here um and uh just sharing your experiences and everything like that so um thanks man uh appreciate you keep killing it i don't know what the future holds for venom you know with kind of the exodus of echo vr um but i'm sure there's a lot of esports games we'll be seeing you in the future so so We're yeah just, man just at the beginning man <laughs> that's right that's right well i appreciate you thank you guys so much for hopping on this episode and if uh, you want to learn more reach out to me uh bullishdrive.com and venom is there is there a space that they can reach out to you if they have any questions are you open for that type of stuff oh yeah absolutely you can reach out to me um instagram uh twitter youtube uh you know comment on one of my videos ask me a question anything like that Uh, i just got on uh, what's that new facebook or the meta uh oh, threads yeah. i'm on there now venom awesome. vr yeah so. venom x vr <laughs> we'll yeah try yeah. that one out <laughs> which is your handle for like everything right pretty much i think so yeah. <laughs> so that works <laughs> i love it thanks so much venom for being on the bullish drive podcast thank you and yes here at the bullish drive agency we love working with esports competitors so if you are an esports athlete who wants to evolve their mental game you can find us at www.bullishdrive.com You can also find us on Instagram at bullish underscore drive, where I post tips and tricks to keep your mental game in check. And of course, it starts with you and your destiny is waiting. Peace.